in this world, we do sing joy to the world. We sometimes have yet to experience joy in this world. And we can pick out the things that aren't going well in this world, but tonight we're going to focus on the good thing that came into this world even when there was nothing good in the world. And that was the birth of Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we celebrate this season. And tonight is Christmas Eve, and I know we're looking forward to opening gifts, and we're looking forward to food. Some of you already ate, and so you're okay. Some of you didn't eat yet, and you're getting ready for it. But we're all going to experience a party tonight or or some kind of joy. And tonight we want to look at not just the kind of joy that we experience with family and, and gathering together, but a kind of joy that is like no other. True joy. And we can talk about joy, we can read about joy, we can even sing about joy. But not until we experience true joy will we understand what that really is. Some of us can be Christians for a long time, but not experience the fullness of God's joy for us. We do the things of God, but we don't experience the joy of God. We'll come to church and we'll feel okay for a moment, but we don't experience the fullness of joy. And so we want to look at that. How do we experience joy? Some time ago when I was little, I had this uh, spool of wire in my garage that I guess uh, my, maybe my dad left there. And being a little kid with an adventurous mind, I'd figure, let's, let's do something with this. Let's make some kind of, you know, ride with it. And so we thought of making a zip line. And so we took this wire and connected it from a tree to a telephone pole, which probably is illegal, but I was 10, 11 years old, so I didn't know. I just figured, oh, this might be fun. So we did that, and someone needed to test it. Since I was the lightest and I was Filipino, and they figured they could, you know, sacrifice my life, I tried it. And I slammed into the telephone pole. didn't work. We had to readjust some things. We're not engineers. We're kids. So it didn't work well. But we, we readjusted it, and it was fun. Now, fast forward the tape. A couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, my son, my oldest son, Justin, invites me to go zip lining. And if you have never gone zip lining, or if you're afraid of heights and you have not gone, it is an experience. And it is a joyful thing to do. Uh, and, and so you should try it. But I can tell you how great it is, but not until you experience zip lining will you really understand what it's like. So they have about seven lines and uh, different lines. And so you have the small one where you kind of try it out and, and see if you're okay. You know, check your heart rate, check to see if you're okay. And then you go on a different one. It's higher and it's longer. And so you test that one again. And so they kind of build you up. So you get the confidence. And so you figure, oh, I survived these two. I can try the next one. So you keep going and going and going. And then the last one, which is the seventh one, is the one that goes over Akaka Falls. And so this one is over a half mile long. So it takes some time to go from one end to the other. And you're flying on this thing. And so I figured, you know, I got brave. I figured, you know, oh, this, is, this is pretty good. It's safe. You know, all the other ones were good. And so I just let go of my hands. And it's on the, you know, there's a harness holding you. So I felt good. I was like, this is so good. It's the greatest thing until I flew over Akaka Falls and everything drops. And I was like, whoa, this is good. You know, your heart races a little bit. And then someone decides to bounce the line. You know, someone on the other end, one of the workers, because it's fun. 
for them. And so it bounces me up, and, and I didn't expect it. And so I'm just like, oh, this is so great, Lord, you're the best. And then they bounced me, I was like, okay. <laughs> what is happening? First thing came to my mind was something broke, or then I felt myself bouncing around, and it was fine. And then I got to the other end, and, you know, I wanted to kill someone, but I had to, you know, give them grace. I don't know who did it till this day, but I think it was a family member. When I'm done with it, and, and, you know, I can talk to people about it, and those who did not go ziplining, they, they don't understand what it feels like because they have not experienced actual ziplining. We can talk about experiencing the joy of God, but not until you experience it for yourself will you truly understand what it means. And that's what we want to talk about. In the Bible... Paul the Apostle experienced the joy of the Lord. He, he was a man who was against the things of Christ. But he found Jesus Christ, and when he found Jesus Christ, he found a joy like no other. And because of that, he spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around. And he told everybody about Jesus because he finally experienced true joy. He writes this in the book of Philippians, and you can take out your notes if you want to take notes. It's in your bulletin. And he, he writes this in Philippians 1.25. He says, Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. You see, experiencing joy doesn't come from just knowing God. It doesn't come from just attending church. True joy comes from growing in your faith in God. That something must happen on the inside in order for us to be joyful, to experience true joy. We can be happy from circumstances, but when circumstances change, then we're no longer happy. Did you know that you can do the things of the Lord without experiencing the joy of the Lord? You can do the things of God, but not experience the joy of God. And we want to go deeper into experiencing His joy. That's what He came to do. That's why God sent Jesus Christ into this world. Not only for us to to have a Savior and a Lord, but to experience His joy. Sometimes we just look forward to heaven. We say, oh, I received God into my life so I can get to heaven. And then we live a miserable life. And God is saying, what are you doing? Well, I received you, but, you know, nothing's changed, so I'm just going to be miserable until I get to heaven. What kind of plan is that? That's not a good plan at all. God is saying, I want you to experience joy today, not when you get to heaven. We need to experience joy today. And Paul tells us through his experiences that that the only way we'll experience his joy is when we grow in our faith. We can attend church, but if we're not growing in our faith, we're not going to experience true joy. And that word joy means a cause or an occasion for joy. In other words, something must happen that causes us to have joy. But even though something may happen that may cause us to have joy, and it's there, it's our choice if we're going to let it cause joy. You can have two people in the same environment. One is joyful, one is not. Why? Because one chooses You can have two people with the same circumstances. One is joyful, one is not. Why? Because one chooses to be joyful. Joy is a choice. doesn't mean we're automatically going to experience joy when there's cause for joy. 
We must choose that. It's like our paycheck. One is happy, one is sad. The one that is happy is the one that gets the check. The one that is sad is the one who's handing it over. <laughs> we, we, we choose joy. It's something that we choose. It's not something that automatically ha- happens in our life. I remember when we went to Disneyland one time, uh, I saw these two kids and, and one was trying to like, like pump up the other one. Like, we're going to have fun. We're going to go on rides. We're going to do all these things. The other one was like, this is boring. This is so junk. And in my mind, I'm thinking, go home then. Do you know how, man, how, man, how much money your parents spent? You need to be joyful. Same place, same environment, but one chooses to be joyful, one chooses not to be joyful. And God gives us all the same gift in Jesus Christ. And He says you can experience true joy through Jesus Christ. God gives every single person an opportunity to experience His joy. But we're the ones that choose so. It's up to us. We want to look at three things tonight that will help us to experience His joy. And the first thing is this, because we're going to have choices, is to choose joy over grief. We're going to have times that, or things that will happen in our lives that will cause us to to have grief. But we can either choose joy, or we can choose grief. You can choose to be joyful, or you can choose to be miserable. Nobody wants to hang around miserable people. I mean, have you ever, you know, when, when, let's just say you're going somewhere, let's just say church. And just before you come to church, you fight. Let's just say, I mean, not you guys, but let's just say, it happens. And you get into this fight, this argument, and you come to church, and, and you're just so excited because you feel that, oh man, God's going to speak something, we're going we're gonna to sing songs to Him, we're going to worship Him. And the other person's like, oh, how long is this going to be? How long are we going to be over here? You know, I don't want coffee, no more coffee, you can't even drink coffee. One is choosing to be joyful, one is choosing not to be joyful. No one wants to hang around someone who, greet, who, is, who is miserable all the time. Have you seen joyful people? I mean, sometimes they're really, really joyful and, and, and sometimes they're really, really miserable. But I don't know about you, I'd rather hang around the people that are joyful. You know, the people that come around, hey, how you doing? Hey, good to see you. Hey, right on. Hey, you got some musubis. Hey, 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 come inside, come inside. Ah, oh, bad day today. Yeah, no worry, no worry. Everything gonna be okay. Come inside, come inside. And it's like they add joy versus the people that you go to the party and you bring something. What you brought? Rice. That's all. Ah. Well, only two cups. Ah. No sense. It's like I don't want to be around miserable people. I want to be around joyful people. Nobody wants. To hang around miserable people. And God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to experience true joy through my son. Yeah, but how is that going to change anything in me? Because my circumstances, they're still there. There's still things happening in my life. Did you know that joy is contagious? Joy is contagious. And if joy is contagious, then it is also true that misery is also contagious. You see, miserable people, they want others to be miserable so that they can experience a little bit of joy. (laughs) Knowing that, oh, there's someone worse than me. And so they want someone to be as miserable as possible so that they can feel better about themselves in their misery. So if I can bring everybody down, 
Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so miserably happy. Because everybody else is miserable. But this is how the Bible says it in 2 Corinthians 2, 3. It says, that is why I wrote to you as I did. So that when I do come, and this is Paul the Apostle, he says, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. See, joy is contagious. So is misery and grief. And you notice those who are joyful, they love being around joyful people. Those who are miserable love to be around miserable people. God will always give us a reason to be joyful. But you must choose so. Remember this, this, just this uh, story of these neighborhood kids who built this clubhouse and they made this unbelievable clubhouse out of you know, uh, scrap wood and, and metal. And, and they made a, a great clubhouse that they had for years. Well, because of development and the population, they had to build a brand new subdivision right where their clubhouse was in that area. And so the bulldozers were coming and, and all the children gathered together and said, they're going to tear down our house. They're going to take down our clubhouse. And so they all gathered and they just stood there in misery watching their clubhouse about to be wrecked. And some of them are sad and they're saying, oh, they're going to tear it down. We're going to hang out. But then they see the club president, Tommy, standing tall, smiling. And they look at him, Tommy, you shouldn't be happy. They're going to tear down our clubhouse. Why are you so happy? And he said, you know, we, we have so many memories there. We have so many great memories there. They're going to tear it down. But you know what? Let's go find new land and let's build again. <laughs> I think that's the heart we can have. That there's going to be things that in our lives, especially ending 2012, that we'll look back on and we'll say, great memories. Certain things may change. Maybe another chapter will be turned. And some of us will look at it in misery when we should be saying, "What? Well, you know what, there's a new thing that God will do. New land. Maybe Jesus is saying to us tonight, there are good memories, but go find land and build again. See, we can choose to be joyful or we can choose grief. Some of you are turning a chapter, maybe with school or your job or your career, maybe even in a relationship or vision for your life, or maybe even in your finances. Some of us, we're turning a new chapter in our health and, and, and we want to get better. But sometimes we... We choose to be miserable in this new chapter. I would say don't choose misery, choose joy. Find that joy that comes from God. In the Bible, there's a man by the name of Nehemiah who was faced with a challenge because God gave him vision for something. He saw that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and that represented God's people. And he was grieved because of the broken down walls, but he didn't stay in his grief. He chose to do something about it. He caught vision, he gathered some people, got a permit to rebuild the walls, and they rebuilt the walls in a record time of 52 days. And yes, it was difficult, but a new chapter was being birthed. 
a new chapter of their life and their season was coming to pass right before their eyes. When they were done, they dedicated the wall with celebration, thanksgiving, and music. And they read the book of the law. And as they're reading the book of the law, the people begin to recognize that, wait a minute, we haven't been following that. We've been living in rebellion. We didn't do everything exactly according to how God wanted us to. And so they, begin, they began to cry and weep. And some of them were filled with grief. Have you ever come to a point where you come face to face with a decision that you may have made or, or your past and you're, and you're saying, oh boy, I, Lord, I, I hear you saying this and, and you feel miserable about it. But you hear God saying, here's some things that I want to do in your life. And here's, a, here's an opportunity for you to experience joy and, and you're faced with that decision. Well, that's how they felt. Nehemiah writes this, Nehemiah 12:43 says many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day for God had given the people cause for great joy the women and children also participated in the celebration and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away see joy is contagious but we got to choose that our joy should be able to be heard far away you can underline that in that scripture because I think this would speak to us that God had given the people cause for great joy. Because God will give us cause for great joy. He'll always give us cause for great joy, but we must choose so. It's really up to us. Joy is a choice. Because joy is a person. The second thing we can learn and write in is, number two, that true joy is found in the Lord. That's where true joy is found. It's found in the Lord. No, 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 it's not found in the Lord. It's found in, 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 in entertainment. It's found in, in, in what I love to do, my job. It's, it's found in this. It's, it's found in, in the ways of the world. It's, it's found with, with being happy. It's found in finances. It's, fi- it's found in having more. It's found in obtaining things. You'll believe that until all of that is gone. But the one thing that never leaves us is Jesus Christ. He is always by our side. He never fails us. True joy is found in the Lord. We're we're so easily entertained by the world. We get entertained and and they do commercials great. Have you ever watched commercials and you sit there and you say, Oh, that was such a good commercial. That was so good. We were uh, watching this one movie and they had um, uh, Junior Whoppers in the movie. Heidi and I paused the movie. We said, let's go get Junior Whoppers. And we did. We went to get Junior Whoppers. As we're driving, I'm thinking, it worked. The advertisement worked. We're buying Junior Whoppers. And we ate it. And then there went the joy. We're like, oh, we got to go running tomorrow. we got to lose this weight. The, the joy that we'll experience in this world is just for a moment. Advertisers will catch us with the best of the best. They'll play the nice music. They'll have the best photography and and cinematography. And and we'll be wooed by their wonderful, dramatic advertisement. Then we'll buy the gadget, drop it on the ground, and it cracks. There goes the joy. Oh, this is the brand new, brand new model Civic 
or hatchback or car or truck. We buy it. Somebody keys it, scratches it, wagon bangs it. There goes the joy. It's just for a moment. See, the joy that God gives to us cannot be destroyed because joy is found in a person. Nothing wrong with having things and enjoying things in life. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to find joy in things, in possessions, they only last for a moment. Psalm 5.11 says, But all those, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. It's not found in things in the world or even other people. It's found in the Lord. That's where true joy is found. Some of you are, maybe you find joy in your job or maybe you're looking for joy in your career or in your finances that you want more. Or you're looking for joy in your marriage or, or even in having children and and, and you're saying, boy, if, if, if we can have more children, we'll be more joyful. Some of you are saying, if we didn't have children, we'd be more joyful. And so you, you're trying to find joy in those places. Some of you are saying, boy, if, if we could have more children, we'd be joyful. And you can't. You're trying, but you can't. And then you see someone else who, they're not even trying to have kids. And they got like 20. And you're saying, oh, come. Maybe, maybe the plan that you have is not the plan that God wants for you. Maybe you're trying to find joy in other things rather than in the Lord Himself. And not until we find the joy of the Lord will we experience true joy. Maybe some of you, you your, your idea of experiencing joy is having a good time. Maybe tonight, you know, I'm going to church first. Then I might have a few. Maybe. And then you go out, I'm just going to have one because the Bible says I can drink. So I'll just have one. It just says don't get drunk. Then I, I can have two because let's say one or two, it just says don't get drunk. Ten later, hey, this is lovely. I love everybody. And you feel like, oh, this is the best. Until you wake up the next morning and throw up, headache. There goes the good times of joy. Some of you look for joy and you're looking forward to maybe a vacation. And you're saying, oh, if I can just go on vacation, just go on vacation, work is going to be done. If I can just go on vacation, oh, it'll be so joyful, it'll be relaxing. You go vacation and you get sick. And you're miserable in your hotel room saying, ah, it's the worst. Why on my vacation do I get sick? And it feels like there's no more joy again. But see, if we try to find joy in any other thing than true joy, we will get let down. But he never lets us down. True joy is found in the Lord Himself. Joy in this world is temporary. It's due to our circumstances, not an inner everlasting joy that comes from Him. Job 20, verses 4 and 5, it says, Do you not know this of old? Since man was placed on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. It's like Job is saying, or the, the writers of Job is saying, you can try to find joy in this world, but it's only going to be for a moment. It won't last too long. And even though the Bible will tell us this, sometimes we have to, we, 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 we try it on our own. We say, yeah, but, you know, God's going to understand, so I can do this. I can try this. He's going to understand. He's going to forgive me. And then you make a decision, 
But as quick as your decision was made, the misery lasts so much longer. The joy is for a moment. The consequences may be for a lifetime. But he's saying, if you find joy in me, oh, that joy is not just for a moment. It's for a lifetime. It's for all of eternity. Psalm 84, 5, it tells us what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Now, I don't know where you are in life. It, the Bible is no respecter of age. You could be a young person. You could be a seasoned person. You could be a, a, a new person coming to know the Lord. You could be someone who's been walking with God for years. It, it's true for all of us. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Sometimes our hearts go astray and then maybe we try to find our strength in something else or someone else. And when that doesn't happen, oh, we've got to get back to Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you tonight, if you're there, here's the last thing, to set your heart on Jesus Christ. Set your heart on Him. Have that be kind of like your, your, uh, your foundation coming this year for the new year, that I'm going to set my heart on Jesus Christ. Because sometimes we set our hearts on certain things and certain people, and when that doesn't happen, we're filled with heartache and pain. See, when we, when we put our hearts into something else or someone else, it doesn't last. But Jesus does. He's eternal. And Jesus has spoken to us through His Word so that we could experience His joy. Here's how John 15, 11 says it. And Jesus speaks this. He says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain, will, may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. And that it may be full. Not empty, but full. Not the world's joy, His joy. That you may experience His joy and that your joy may be full. Some of us try to experience joy in something else only for it to come up empty. And we feel empty afterwards. He says, not with my joy, you will always be full. God will always give us an opportunity to experience His joy, but we must choose so. It's up to us. Sometimes we rely on circumstances to make us feel better. Or maybe we don't even recognize it, but... We think the circumstances is, is what is helping us to experience joy. And, and so we rely on the things that are around us rather than the joy of the Lord that, that resides on the inside. The other day I was running and, you know, here on the big island it rains and it's sunny. It rains and it's sunny. And so as I'm running I feel this drizzle. And I'm thinking, Lord, no. Have you ever talked to God about the weather? Like, Lord, come on, out of 7 billion people on this planet, can it rain somewhere else? Just a little open in the sky? I'm just going to run for like 20 minutes? And so I'm like, Lord, come on, no, no, no. And I feel this complaining spirit. And so I'm having this conversation with the almighty God of the universe, and I'm saying, Lord, please don't have it rain now, not when I'm running. And so as I'm complaining, I, I kind of sense him saying, what's wrong with the rain I'm like, well, I'm going to get wet. I don't want to run in the rain. And, and, and as I'm complaining, I, I kind of sense him saying, is it about the rain? 
I said, okay, okay, you know, I, I should just enjoy your presence. I, 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 need to, I need to change my heart. I need to set my heart on you, not running and, and being in a, a, you know, a, a great environment. And so I said, Lord, okay, so, you know, I'm just going to put on worship music and I'm going to just listen to worship music and, and enjoy your presence. And then the rain stopped. And then it was sunny. I'm like, Lord, too much sun. It's hot now. It's like beating. And I kind of felt the Lord saying, look, look, until you get this right on the inside, nothing will satisfy you on the outside. The joy of the Lord that He gives to us is something that takes place on the inside that will affect everything else on the outside. Never let the outside dictate what happens on the inside. Let the inside, the joy of the Lord, dictate what happens on the outside. Rain or shine, we'll have the joy of the Lord. Set your heart on Christ. Set your heart on the things of God because He's the one that's going to bring an inner peace and inner joy. As Nehemiah and Ezra is with the people and they're reading the law and people are weeping and some are feeling misery and some are okay with it. Nehemiah reminds them in Nehemiah 8.10. It says, and Nehemiah continued. It says, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. Then he states this. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where strength comes from. It's from the joy of the Lord. When Jesus came into this world, He came at a time where the world seemed like there was no hope. When Jesus comes into our world, into our life, it may seem like there's no hope, but He would say to us, Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. He brings that. Set your heart on Jesus. Experience His great joy this season. Look for His star. That's what the wise men did. Remember when they were looking for Jesus, they found the star that would lead them to Jesus. They followed the star. They record in the book of Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to read this together, okay? If you don't have your notes, it'll come up here on the screen and we can read this together. Matthew 2.10. Ready? Go. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. What kind of joy? Exceedingly great joy. You know what that means? You cannot contain it. You cannot contain it. Not that you become some religious fanatic and ah! You, you just have this joy about you that regardless of what is happening on the outside, what is going on on the inside is far more stronger. It's more strengthened than anything else. There's a resilience about you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's an exceedingly great joy. I want to ask you this tonight. The wise men saw the star that led them to Jesus. What's your star that leads you to Jesus? What is the star that would lead you to Jesus Christ? Maybe for some of you, it's your spouse. That they continuously pray for you. They encourage you. 
Maybe it's your children. That even though things may not be as great as we would hope them to be, our children just, they lead us. And they're that star that leads us to Christ. God provided the star that led to the baby Jesus. God is still making stars. Find yours that lead you to Jesus Christ. Set your heart on Him. And you will experience a joy like no other. Amen. Amen. You can put away your notes and... I'm going to conclude tonight. I want to read this story to us. And I think for all of us, we have a choice to make, even throughout all of our lives, not just tonight or during this season. But when God sent His Son into this world as a baby, then as He grew up and lived His life, He lived His life not just to be an example or or to show us God's love, but he lived his life in such a way that glorified God, even going to the cross and dying for our sins. Jesus wants to give us the picture of what our life can be by experiencing his joy. Let me read this story to us. Two men, both seriously ill, occupied the same hospital room. One man was allowed to sit up on his bed for an hour each afternoon to receive his daily medical treatment. His bed was next to the room's only window. Well, the other man had to spend all his time flat on his back. The men talked for hours on end. They spoke of their wives and families, their homes, their jobs, their involvement in the military service, and, and where they had been on vacation. Every afternoon, when the man in the bed by the window could sit up, he would, he would pass the time by by describing to his roommate all the things he could see out the window. The man in the other bed began to live for those one-hour periods where his world would be broadened and enlivened by the description of activity and color of the outside the roommate explained how their room overlooked a park with a beautiful lake. Ducks and swans played on the water while children sailed their model boats. Young lovers held hands and walked amidst flowers of every color of the rainbow. Grand old trees graced the landscape and a fine view of the city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man described his view from the window in exquisite detail, the man on the other side of the room would close his eyes and imagine the picturesque scene. One warm afternoon, the man by the window described a parade passing through the park. And although the other man could not hear the band, he could see the parade in his mind's eye. As a gentleman by the window developed a detailed picture with his descriptive words. One morning, the nurse, after bringing some water to them for a bath, found the lifeless body of the man by the window who had died peacefully in his sleep. She was saddened and called the hospital attendants to take his body away. As soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved next to the window. 
Well, the nurse was happy to make the switch, and after making sure he was comfortable, she left him alone by himself. Well, finally, slowly, painfully, he propped himself up on one elbow to take his first look at the world outside, and and he would finally see for himself the world outside and the joy that his friend and he would have felt all along. As he propped himself up, to his surprise, the window faced another building, a brick wall. The man called for the nurse and asked what could have compelled his diseased roommate to describe such wonderful things outside of the window. She said, Sir... Perhaps your roommate maybe wanted you to experience what he experienced on the inside all along. I think our God, by sending us Jesus Christ, wants us to experience what he has been experiencing all along. And that's exceedingly great joy. Some of us look out the windows of our life and all we see are brick walls. And Jesus is saying, no, I see something different. I see something better. It's something that happens on the inside, not something that takes place on the outside. And I pray tonight you will understand that you too can experience joy like no other. And that joy is found in Jesus Christ, the one whom we celebrate this time of year, the baby born in a manger, who lived a life with exceedingly great joy because he knew what was taking place after his death, and it was being with you and I for all of eternity. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, our heart tonight is is wanting to experience your joy. Sometimes we go so fast in life that we don't experience true joy. Oh, we may experience happiness from time to time, but we don't experience true joy. Some of us, we've been Christians for years, but we have yet to experience true joy. We have happy moments and glimpses of joy, but not an exceedingly great joy. For some, Lord, I know they may have never experienced this joy because they've never given their hearts to you. And so, right now, Lord, let's just take some time and and give those an opportunity to receive you as their Lord and Savior. And if you're here tonight and you're saying, I've never given Jesus my heart. I I don't even know how to do that. I, I want to, but I don't know how to. I've never accepted him into my life as my Lord and Savior. I, I don't know how to. I'm going to lead you into a prayer. In fact, we can all say this prayer together, but especially for those who are saying this for the very first time, that, that you just add the heart in this prayer. And I'll lead you. And here's the prayer. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you came. And brought us joy. 
I ask for forgiveness of all my sins, that you would wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross, and I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, could you just lift a hand? I want to pray over you and and just be bold enough to say, I said yes to Jesus tonight. Go ahead. Good. Anybody else? You said yes to Jesus. Good. God bless you. God sees your hand. He sees your hand. Good. God sees you. Good. God sees your hand. God bless you. Back here. God sees your hand. Back there. God sees your hand. Both of you. Right here. Three of you. Four. Five. God sees your hand. Right here. God sees your hand. Right here. God sees you. He sees your heart. You can put your hands down. God sees you in the back there. Lord, I pray for those that just said yes to you. I pray that they would experience your joy. And and I remember, Lord, when I first said yes to you, it's like a weight was lifted off of me and, and I didn't know it was there. I only recognized it because you're the one that lifted it. I pray that they would continue to walk with you, to build their relationship with you as they continue to experience your joy. May they experience exceedingly great joy in you. How many of you guys are Christians tonight and, and you're saying, you know, I, I sometimes go astray and, and I find joy in other things, but it doesn't last and, and I just need to get back on track. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, I just want to recalibrate. Maybe you're saying, I, w- I want to start this new year right or wherever you may be. Maybe you're saying, I just, Lord, I just want to be a person who is overflowing with joy so I can share that with other people. And if you're a Christian tonight and you're responding to the Lord and you're saying, I want to be that kind of person, would you lift a hand responding to the Lord? Yes, Lord, we all do. Lord, I lift my hands. Lord, I want to be that kind of person. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for all of us on the eve of Christmas, on the night before you were born, the anticipation that this world would be saved from darkness and not physical darkness, but a spiritual darkness. We too, Lord, choose joy over grief, that we set our hearts on you because you are true joy. It's not an emotion. It's a choice because joy is a person and that person is you. Thank you for being born into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.